Welcome to day 29 of the 31 days of podcasting. We're getting pretty close here, and that's good. I am absolutely exhausted. I could barely stand at the moment. I did not sleep real well, and unfortunately, uh, let's see, I got my first page today at uh, 7.16 this morning and had to work a problem, ended up missing the baptism today, and we had family staying with us and everything, so kind of sucked, had to miss that, didn't get to see everybody as much as I wanted to today. They all uh, eventually made their way back here after everything, and then they had lunch and all that good stuff, and I got to say goodbye to everybody, but that was about it. So, yeah, extremely tired right now. <laughs> so, let's see. I will go ahead and cover uh, equipment. I said I would see if I could work that in. I, the last time we did it, I did an episode on equipment. I, it was the the last day of the last 30 days of podcasting that we did. And I've got guests, uh, hopefully, tomorrow and Tuesday. So, this is kind of the last day I have. That's a solo one. But before I get into that, let's take a look and give a quick shout out to Addictive Alchemy again. Been kind of running fast with the last few episodes and haven't been able to do a shout out for them. And so I want to take a look. They are ending very soon. Again, April 2nd, 2015 is their end date. Uh, they're fully funded. They've unlocked stretch goals. They're moving towards some more stretch goals. Let's see. I think at this time they've unlocked three. They're almost at the fourth one, I believe. And they also have that awesome, uh, Kickstarter exclusive pack that you get for backing at $20 or more, I believe it is. And that Kickstarter exclusive pack includes an Alice Geeks card. So uh, go check that out. And again, that's Addictive Alchemy. All right. So uh, like I said previously here within the last few days, our equipment hasn't really changed that much. Uh, I have added a few things. Um, some things I didn't pull, so I won't be as specific about. Start with the two mics that you normally hear. So the two mics, uh, the one that I use and the one that Jordan uses are Heil PR40s, uh, with shock mounts and pop filters and on, uh, little standalone stands. Uh, they're not attached to the desk, although I've thought about making that replacement as well, but those are kind of expensive too. So I've just kind of kept with what we have, but Heil PR40s, that's what you're hearing me on right now. That's what you hear Jordan and I on on a regular basis. Great mics. More on the expensive side. Now, I want to make sure I also point out, I mean, you don't need all the equipment that I have, especially if you're just starting out. Uh, there are ways to do this a lot less expensive, and you'll sound just fine. Uh, the biggest thing is just getting out there and getting it done. And pretty much, especially starting out, and if, you, if you're doing a solo podcast especially, anything is better than trying to use a built-in mic on a laptop. <laughs> All right, so the high LPR40s, that's what you hear Jordan and I on consistently. When Don is here, let's see, I believe he's on the high LPR20UT mic with a shock mountain pop filter. So that's what you usually hear Don on when he's here. And then I have uh, three Behringer Ultra Voice XM1800S mics 
which are pretty decent mics. So those are the mics that you kind of hear. Uh, not when Megan's here by my, by herself, cause sometimes she'll sit where Jordan is or sometimes she'll sit where Don is. But if you go back to any of the episodes where it's, uh, like six of us or four of us, uh, anytime we get over the three, those additional mics, the Behringer Ultra Voice XM, uh, 1800S's, very inexpensive mics. They are XLR mics, but it's like a three pack for 40 bucks on Amazon. And when I knew we were going to go past or have potential to go past the, the three normal mics, uh, I wanted something, uh, and, and I didn't want to continue to spend high money for something that's not going to be that often. Uh, so I got that pack. I've been pretty happy with it. I don't think they sound too bad. Uh, I think they're, they're pretty decent mics, especially for the price. And it, like I said, it allows us to get like six people going at once. So we've had no issues with them. I do have, I think I added them since last time. So sometimes those, uh, ultra voices are my road mics as well. So I think in the early days, if you heard, Oh, say like an early proto spiel, or I think even when we were at Gen Con, those are portable recordings when we're, when we're out and about. I believe those were the ultra voice mics as well. Um, since then I've gotten a ATR 2100 and a AT. So that's Audio Technica for both of those. AT, I think is a 2005. USB or something like that. They're basically kind of like sister mics. They're, they're pretty close to the same. Um, those are great starter mics as well. And I've got those and I think those have kind of become my portable mics now, uh, with my portable gear. So those are good mics too. And, and the nice thing about those, it used to be that you could get them for, uh, under 40 bucks, but then, I think everybody and their brother started uh, realizing what great mics they are, especially beginner podcast mics. And I know a couple podcasts about podcasting that started really heavily promoting them uh, as starter mics. So the price jumped, and I think the ATR2100 is around the 60-ish mark now. And the, uh, 2005, the AT 2005 is probably running 40 to 40 to 50 somewhere in there, depending. So that kind of sucks. They, they have jumped, but the nice thing about them is they come with an XLR cable and a USB cable. So you can use it as either type of mic. So, uh, if you're not quite at the point where you're looking at having a mixer and all that kind of stuff, uh, you can use it as a USB mic, plug it straight into your, your laptop or a recording device and go that way. And then if you ever decide to go the mixer route, it's also an XLR mic. So you can plug it into a mixer as well. So those are pretty cool. I like both of those. Uh, speaking of mixer, Alessis Multimix 2.0 USB. It's a 16 channel mixer. So that has, I like it. It's not the, probably not the most recommended one out there. I know a lot of people go with, uh, some other name brands. I like it from the, from the aspect of it's one of the few that I'm aware of that isn't like a, you can get some mixers that are firewire, which goes to like Macs and stuff like that. And I don't have a laptop that has firewire capability. Uh, but you can find some mixers with firewire capability that do multiple channels. This is a nice, uh, USB mixer. So it goes right into my laptop, uh, my recording laptop, 
through a USB connection and every mic goes in as its own channel. I love that. That is an absolute necessity to me at times as far as editing and what I'm able to give you guys as far as audio quality when I can work with everybody's mic individually. Um, so I can do noise removal at an individual mic level. So uh, just what my, my mic picks up isn't necessarily going to be what Jordan's mic picks up. Uh, especially if we're talking potential background noise and stuff like that. So it's nice to be able to go to each channel and go, okay, whatever noise, hiss, pop, background noise, whatever that that mic is picking up, just specifically remove that noise from that mic's channel. So I love it because of that. It's also a nice hefty uh, mixer. So again, we can get six plus people going. I can get uh, quite a few channels going at once. And that is awesome. I also like my mixer because that's where I do what they call a mix minus recording when we're doing Skype or Google Hangout. And that's actually one of the reasons why I don't care uh, what my guest preference is. I always leave it to my guests to let me know if they want to connect via Skype or Google Hangout because the way I have things set up through my mixer, nothing changes on my end other than uh, what service I'm connecting to. I just straight record. It goes straight into my mixer and gets put into its own channel, and off we go. So love my mixer. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if it's actually available anymore. It might, hopefully it has like an upgraded one because if this thing ever dies, uh, I definitely want something very similar. Uh, I have a headphone amplifier. If anybody's interested, it's an ART head amp four. And what that does is I just, everybody can have headphones. Uh, it has four connections in it and I can boost the signal in headphones. So, you know, if you start splitting too many times, the signal gets weaker and weaker. So this allows me to boost the signal on each one. Uh, I've also set it up. I have some cables and stuff, which I'm not going to get into all like the cables and all that stuff I have, but I have some cables where I can split it out even farther. So it's got four inputs, uh, but I've used it to do six uh, sets of headphones when we've had six people around the, the table. So, uh, and again, that lets me just amplify everybody's headphones so that they can hear what's going on if they choose to wear headphones. Uh, speaking of headphones, most of my headphones are Audio Technica. So their ATH M50 headphones are the ones that I tend to get quite a bit. I have a bunch of those. I usually, it's, I, I've got a set amount of equipment that I usually kind of like keep in, say, like my Amazon card or something like that, and just always check to see if prices go down. For the portable recording, uh, I have a Zoom H4N digital recorder. Uh, I need to probably start using that as a backup to our laptop recording, uh, especially after this last year. I've always kind of said I needed to set that up and get it running through my mixer. Uh, I have yet to do that. I need to probably start looking into that a little closer. Every mic has a mic stand of varying brands. I have different brands of mic stands, just depending on the mic and all that good stuff. And of course, XLR cables and all kinds of, like I said, I'm not going to get into all the cables and all that good stuff I have. We have, let's see, some of the additions. So I got a little like on top of, uh, on top desk, kind of rant, uh, rack system. So just a little inexpensive rack system, kind of rack a bunch of things together. So I got my mixer on top that we already talked about. Right underneath that, I have the uh, Multicom Pro XL Behringer 
noise gate limiter. And let's see, I think that's, if anybody's interested in the model, it's like MDX 4600. So what that allows me to do is allows me to eliminate some of the background noise. So some of it's breathing, although depending on when your breathing is done, you know, the mic is open for a certain amount of time and it'll pick up things. But what it's really allowed me to do more of is have my mic pick up less of Jordan when he's talking and vice versa and stuff like that. So I can kind of eliminate some of the background noise a little bit better sometimes. Uh, So it's been good for that. It only kind of kicks in and starts recording on your mic at a certain level and you can set the sensitivity to that. So um, I've got all of our mics through it now. My mixer, this is the one thing about my mixer. Every tutorial and stuff that I've seen about setting up your mixer properly through this noise gate limiter, every mixer that they've used has some outputs that they utilize that my mixer does not have. So I've had to set it up quite a bit different, and I'm still not 100% sure if I'm good with it, but I seem to... I think I do okay, uh, and I always see the noise gate limiter trip from using the mics, so I'm just, I'm going to assume I'm doing it all right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that uh, that was one of the things we added here recently, and because of some of the ways that I've had to reroute things, even though my mixer has phantom power built into it for the mic, my mic goes through the noise gate limiter first and then into the mic or into the mixer. So I actually had to add another step to that where I decided I wanted the phantom power off of the mic right away. So I have a phantom power, uh, hex and that's, was it, uh, RPB 486 is the model number on that, but it's a, uh, basically it, it's supplying phantom power to all of our mics right away. So it's just a standalone phantom power generator. So I run the mic through that to get the phantom power. From there, I run it into the noise gate limiter and then out from the noise gate limiter into the mixer. And then I also got a little power strip to put on the rack. So a cyber power, that's a CPS, uh, 1215RMS throwing random letters and numbers at you guys, but that's the model number on that. And again, that's just a little uh, power strip that's on the bottom of my rack, and I run as many things through that as I can. So it's a one-flip button. Everything kind of turns on, uh, and I know where all the power sources are at. So uh, I know everything is on and running because I flipped the power on to that. So let's see, and then I also have a laptop that's just for recording. And it's not, well, it used to be, it's, it's an actually a, an older, uh, laptop that was like my main laptop for quite a while. And then when it kind of sort of got outdated for my work use and, and for video and audio editing and stuff like that, I stripped everything off of it, kind of made it a bare bones laptop, turned off the internet to it. So it never connects to the internet. And I made it strictly all about recording. That's the only thing it does. So it never runs through like updates and all that stuff. It just sits there, fires up when I'm ready to record. We record with it and then it fires down. So that's its sole purpose right now. I ended up getting an inexpensive laptop that I use strictly pretty much for Skype and Google Hangout. That's its sole purpose. The laptops that I have to use, one for, for the purpose of video editing for, for sure, but also for my work, 
I end up getting desktop replacement laptops. So they're a little more expensive. They're also a little more bulky. Uh, and I got kind of tired of lugging my old laptop up and down the stairs whenever we needed to do a Skype or Google Hangout interview. So I got an inexpensive laptop, just threw it down here, and its sole purpose is to be fired up for Skype or Google Hangout. Let's see. I told you I, I don't have what it is, but we, you know, I, I told you before my old camera and one of the tripods is over with Jordan. Uh, I did get a new camera at some point, and this has been a while now, but a camera and a tripod for here. So now we can both do uh, videos whenever we need to. I do have a wireless mic system that we haven't been using as much lately. I've got a couple things I want to try with that. The last few videos that I used it with, it was picking up a pretty awful hum buzz in the background that even with noise removal was not completely going away. So every time, you know, you could silence it when it was kind of quiet, but when, when you were talking, it decided to keep the buzz kind of underneath the conversation. So that really was not good. I did not want to continue to do, well, if I continue to try to clean it up too much, then we start sounding like robots in a tunnel. So that's not good either. So just for the overall sound. And then in my uh, video editing software. I always had to play around in there and it was just, it wasn't good. It's kind of, kind of tedious trying to always kind of tweak it and just kind of shelved it for a minute. I've got, I've got some things I want to try now and I want to try to get that back into use. Let's see. Um, software, the recording software that I use is Cubase LE5. That came with I got a couple versions of it. It came with either one of my mic or, uh, it, it came with either the H4N or my mixer. Um, I think both came with versions of it. Whichever one was the higher version is the one I, I kind of started using. So that's what we record in. And again, one of the nice reasons why I like to use that is because I was able to do definitions with it that allowed me to make each mic its own channel. Um, so it's the software as well. So I, I like that. Again, the fact that everybody's voice is on its own channel. Now, the only time that's not true is if I have multiple people in a Google Hangout or, or Skype, because Skype or Google Hangout is all one channel to itself. So if there's multiple people, uh, if I'm interviewing, you know, uh, a team of, of developers or something like that, they're all on one, one channel. So I can only do so much with that in the back end because they share that channel. For editing purposes though, I still use Audacity. It's it's free editing software. It's got a relatively small print, I think, which I kind of like. And I also like the fact that it allows you to save a compressed copy of what you're editing. And I can save off wherever I'm at in the editing process as a compressed copy, throw it on my flash drive, bring that into work. And like if I've said before, if I get like, if I take my lunch or something and decide, well, I'm going to edit over lunch, I put that on my work computer. I have Audacity there because again, it's free, so I can install it anywhere. And I fire up that compressed copy and it opens up exactly where I left off in the editing process. That's one of the big reasons I've kind of continued to use it. I like that portable editing aspect since I can potentially edit in multiple locations. Um, I use Aphonic quite a bit now. Um, in fact, on pretty much everything, 
I, I usually run it through Alphonic now. We actually do pay for hours in Alphonic since they went to a paid service. I like that. It's, you know, I do a fair amount of editing and I could probably release the way I edit and you guys would be fine with it. In fact, I think, uh, well, you tell me, uh, I did that with the three year anniversary Google Hangout. I did not send that through Alphonic because it was too much and it was too late at night. And so it wouldn't have uh, completed in time. So I just did my version of editing on it and put that out. So I don't think what I, how I edit and my post, uh, my, my pre and post production edits are pretty solid, but I just usually still send it through that, uh, and give it them one last attempt at polishing. And I think that's about it on the, uh, kind of equipment side of things. Uh, I threw in a little bit of software and stuff there too. You know, I also have, uh, video editing software. I think I use what's, uh, Sony Movie Studio 13, I think is what I'm using now. So there's that. And yeah, I think that, I think that about covers it. If you, if you have a question about something I use or how I use it, or if you think I might have forgotten something, if there's something like, Hey, well, what do you do about this? Uh, just shoot me some questions. I'll happily answer those. I've gotten into pretty detailed conversations and email with several people that have kind of wanted to start podcasts or uh, are, are looking for various things. You know, I, I think we've talked about, if you look at our fees, you know, we use Libsyn for our media host. And if you actually listen to our podcasting 101 episode where we interviewed with Jason, who's supposed to be on tomorrow, at that time we talked about how I wish I would have started using Libsyn right away. That was one of my early on uh, errors, if you will. Because it cost me quite a pretty penny to finally get our back catalog over there uh, when we knew it was not a good idea to try to self-host it on our web host anymore. I never, never, ever recommend doing self-hosting on your web host, by the way. Your web host is not truly unlimited bandwidth. Even now, uh, with our web host, we constantly get, uh, we go through cycles of, hey, you guys are using way too much bandwidth. And we're not hosting any media files of any kind. We're strictly at this point just a regular website that points to these other places that our media is on, you know, like our YouTube channel for our videos and all of our media is hosted on Libsyn now. So, uh, they're constantly threatening to shut us down. Uh, and at one point they actually did suspend our account for like a half a day, uh, before I got that figured out with them. So we've, I mean, that, that may end up being one of our next big moves is kind of, we might need to pay more for, for hosting in the, in the future to get some dedicated hosting because I've looked at some of the stats on the back end whenever they've kind of sent us that, Hey, you guys are in jeopardy of being suspended emails. And even our next step up for the type of hosting we have, yeah, our numbers are over it <laughs> usually. So I, I don't know what specifically triggers them when they say, hey, now we're going to send that email. But if you just look at our our numbers on the back end, our bandwidth usage on the back end for people visiting the site, uh, we're constantly over even the higher level. So. That, like I said, that may be a future thing. We may have to rework our budget on that at some point. All right. So yeah, I think this is where I'm going to go ahead and end this one. Like I said, if you have any questions, 
let me know. Uh, I've been more than happy to help several people start podcasts or uh, get them on the right track or find out that they don't want to do a podcast, <laughs> uh, which I think is just as valuable if you uh, have those questions answered and you know uh, before you even start, nope, this is not something I want to do. I'm more than happy to answer any of those questions. Just shoot them to us. Again, uh, podcast at All Us Geeks, the very easy way to get a hold of us. I try to get back as soon as possible. That's not always the case, depending on how backlogged I get. But eventually, I, I will definitely answer you. All right, so Patreon. We are at $125 a month still. So that puts us at the 70-30 split. We've only got two more days in the month. So uh, that's that's still a ways out for the $150 a month mark, where we will give 80-20 to the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. Right now, we're at the 70-30 split. And again, Patreon which is patreon.com slash allusgeeks. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash allusgeeks. That is where you can support us on a monthly basis. So if you like the content we provide and you want to see it continue as is and improve, that is the place that you can do so on a monthly basis. We've got multiple reward tiers there. You can pledge whatever you want for a monthly amount, just kind of like Kickstarter where you can pledge whatever you would like to to a project. You can pledge any amount you want per month over at Patreon. Uh, but we do have some reward tiers set up. And of course, like I just talked about the milestones as well. If we hit various milestones, one, uh, March ends up being more about charity than more milestones we unlock. And two, we've got some other things as we get farther down the line that are be like, we'll cover another convention that our Patreon supporters can tell us which one we need to go check out. We will, at some point, we can even get to a point where we're hosting game design contests twice a year. So things like that. Uh, if you do not want to support us on a monthly basis or cannot support us on a monthly basis, that is fine as well. So as of right now, through the split that we've unlocked in Patreon and one-shot donations over on the allusgeeks.com website, we are sitting at $279.81 for the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. That is awesome and it's great. You guys have been amazing through the pledge drive. Thank you very much. Uh, and again, because we are at $279, we had a game that we're going to give away in April and then another game is unlocked with every $100 that we give to the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. So right now, our prize pool for April is Space Mission. Dig Down Dwarf and Havoc and Hijinks. If we hit the $300 mark before the end of March, we will add Walkstar. If we happen to hit $400 or more, we will add Sheriff of Nottingham as well. Plus, uh, the games that we talked about before from our indie game designers, Food Town Throwdown and Table Golf will be not only in this prize package, but at $400 we split off create another prize package with just as many games that will also include at least Food Town Throwdown and Table Golf uh, and then some other games as well. So allusgeeks.com is where you can do the one-shot style donations. There's a donate button. You can just use that and donate any amount you would like. Just use the notes to let us know if you want us to say something or if you would like to remain anonymous. You also have the $5 shout-outs. You can take a $5 shout-out 
And that is a tweet size shout out. So 140 characters plus a URL if you're uh, promoting something. And again, that all gets split with charity this month. Audio ads, $15 if you record it, $25 if we record it, 30 second ad. And again, for three or more, you get a 20% discount if you take out three or more of those ads. All of these things you can do at any time during the year and you can pay for them in advance because right now, if we get the money in March, it'll get split with the Jack Vass Memorial Fund. You can take out a website ad for your Kickstarter. When all is said and done, that ends up being $5 to us. So we will split that $5 with the Jack Vass Memorial Fund. Rush review fees. If you want to send us a game and we're going to need to rush a review, you can pay rush review fees in advance as well. And then we can talk about when you need the review done and when you'll be able to send us the game. And uh, again, if we collect them here in March, then they will go towards the charity primarily. Again, that 70-30 split. And there you go. Those are some of the ways that you can help us out in a monetary fashion. In a non-monetary fashion, sharing. You can share our podcast or the fact that we have a Patreon page or the fact that we are in the last few days of the pledge drive and that we are collecting money for the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. That helps as well. That is awesome. So you can do all of those things. Again, we have various forms of social media. So you can like, follow, subscribe, all of those things. We have Facebook and Twitter we have a YouTube channel, a Tumblr page, Pinterest, all of those things. Uh, and you can hang out with us and interact with us on any of those that you would like. And, of course, the interaction. We always talk about the interaction. I uh, actually dedicated a little bit to it last night because interaction is awesome. And it's one of those things that always keeps every podcaster going. So you can interact with us however you see fit. Again, Facebook, Twitter comments, uh, iTunes ratings and reviews, and Stitcher, and email, just podcast at allusgeeks.com. Any of those things are all cool and keep us going. So uh, you can do that interaction with people that you think need to interact with us as well. Kind of going back to the sharing of what we do, but uh, this is a, probably a little more specific. But if you know somebody that you think should be talking to me about Say, hey, uh, this guy is talking, is trying to get people to know about his Kickstarter and, and maybe he needs to interview with me or you think he needs to interview with me. Somebody might need some game reviews. Uh, all of those things, send them our way. I love hearing from people that they've heard about us or they've been recommended by listeners. That is always cool to hear. All right, there you go, everybody. That is where I'm going to end this one. I am ready to pass out. <laughs> but I actually, <laughs> I actually had, I'm actually working an issue right now. <laughs> I got paged just before I came down. I was, I was getting ready to come down, got paged, went to figure out what I needed to do. I needed to start a job that's kind of a long running job. So I sat and watched it for a while and it's still going, still going, still going. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to come down. I'm going to record real quick. And then I'm going to go back upstairs and see where my job is and see if it hap if it runs successfully or if I need to start digging deeper. So I'm going to go now and finish doing work stuff. So I will talk to you again tomorrow. 